I'm bringing the party to you. Five. from God. The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. With John Leonetti. That broadcast school has really paid off. Matt Wilcom. Mark Amadeo. Good morning. And Deacon Tony Valdez. And Gene Till. Along with the Deacon Mark Campbell. What? Yes, it is. We are back. Um, we We're are back. Uh, filling in for John Leonetti this morning one more time. He will be back all next week. So this is well, the last that's day. that's the plan. That is the plan. That will be the plan. You're going to speak life into things that... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that we all want to happen. Sometimes right? his life has a change of plans and he leaves early to go to some function, you know, some speaking gig. So. He is a popular man. He is a popular Without man. a doubt. Well, we are grateful that he's gone periodically because then Matt and I, Mark and I get to be together and Matt and Jimmy and Tony and, you know, the gang. So I always like it. But we've been here a lot this week. It has been a very full week uh, here in the studio for me personally me between uh, yeah. the morning show and, and the other duties I get to uh, be a part of around here. But the afternoon show and the evening show. It is show. finally Friday as we <laughs> finally uh, Friday. Oh, and it's intro. a good Friday too, thanks to all of you and your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. I mean, we we always say we can't do it without you, and it's, it's your prayers and your financial support that keep us thriving and growing. And it's amazing how we. Um, through this work, through the through the gospel of God, that we have been able to connect with so many people. And so thank you for your support. It is Friday, June 9th. And on our show today, of course, Father Andrew will be here because yes. we're going to look at Sunday's gospel. It's ordination Friday. For, it's uh, ordination Friday right. for, for Luis Cabrera. Yep. So Tonight soon it, to be deacon. That's right. Yep. That's very exciting. I'll be there. Will you be there? Uh, I will be hopefully down in Manhattan, Kansas by that well, time right. for a wedding. wedding this weekend. That's yes, right. that's right. We're going to stop by and see Sister Wilhelmina on the way. Oh, um, very good. Anyhow, but yeah, we'll, she's now in case she is. Yes. So we hear, but uh, nonetheless, it'll be uh, a, a wonderful experience. We be. are anticipating. Yeah. So, well, and then we have Father Basil Nortz joining us. He is with the Croziers. It's yes. a it's the Order of the Canons Regular of the Holy Cross. So we're going to find out what that is, as well as um, learning all about holy silence. Yes. I could learn a thing or two about silence. <laughs> I'm not no going la- to say no, anything. I'm no going to remain comment. silent. And no texting from my husband on that one either. <laughs> and then Jackson Heidish will be with us, you know, the less than four minute miler. Remarkable. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to call him Mr. Heidish. Anybody that can run that fast. Deserves Mr. Uh, yeah, okay. deserves my respect at least. Sounds good. Of course, Matt and Mark and Jimmy will all be here. But before we go one step further, Deacon Tony, please pray. God, our Father, we offer you our day. We offer you all our thoughts, words, joys and sufferings in union with the heart of Jesus. Holy Spirit, be our guide and strength today so that we may witness to your love. Mary, Mother of Jesus and the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, her most chaste spouse, protect us. Amen. Amen. Let's check in with Matt and the news. 
Thank you, Gene. News brought to you this morning by the St. Sarah Club of Des Moines and the Sarah Club of Council Bluffs. Sarah is an apostolate of the Worldwide Catholic Church dedicated to fostering and supporting priesthood and religious vocations. Learn more at joinsarah.org. Good morning. I'm Matt Wilkham. The shroud of polluted air emanating from Canadian wildfires pushed further down the Atlantic seaboard on Thursday, blanketing Washington, D.C. in an unhealthy haze and prompting many residents of the nation's capital to stay indoors. The U.S. National Weather Service extended an air quality alert from New England to South Carolina, as well as parts of the Midwest, including Ohio, Indiana, and Michigan. Smoky conditions are likely to persist until Sunday when a new storm system shifts the direction of prevailing winds. Pope Francis spent the day after undergoing abdominal surgery resting. Vatican Press Office spokesman Matteo Bruni said in a statement Thursday, Medical staff caring for the Pope shared that he is showing stable respiratory and blood flow parameters and his post-operative course is regular. He ate and drank nothing except water. The pontiff was able to receive the Eucharist in the afternoon, however, marking the solemnity of Corpus Christi. Des Moines has been named one of the top five small U.S. cities for young graduates to live in, according to data from Phoebs.com. The study evaluated more than 600 cities with populations under 600,000 for factors like affordability, employment rates, and average salaries. Des Moines also scored well in similar categories in U.S. News & World Report's Best Places to Live, landing at number 19. And now for your scoreboard update with Mark Amadeo. In sports on your Friday morning, yesterday's Major League Baseball scoreboard, some of the Midwest teams that were in action on Thursday, the Kansas City Royals and the St. Louis Cardinals both had the day off. In interleague play, the Los Angeles Angels defeated the Chicago Cubs by the score of 3-1 to in the late game last night out in Anaheim, California. And in Milwaukee, the Baltimore Orioles defeated the Milwaukee Brewers by the score of 6-3. to In the American League, the Chicago White Sox playing a doubleheader at the New York Yankees. In Game 1, the White Sox beat the Yankees 6-5. And in the nightcap, the Yankees shut out the White Sox by the score of 3-0. And in Tampa, Florida, the Tampa Bay Rays defeated the Minnesota Twins by the score of 4-2 in the battle of first-place teams in the American League. Last night, AAA baseball, the Iowa Cubs involved with a doubleheader. In game one, the Iowa Cubs defeated the St. Paul Saints 13-3. And in the nightcap, the St. Paul Saints defeated the Iowa Cubs 7-6 in eight innings in St. Paul, Minnesota. Tonight, the Iowa Cubs at the St. Paul Saints. First pitch, 7 o'clock in St. Paul, Minnesota. Last night, it was game three of the National Hockey League Stanley Cup Finals. And the Florida Panthers defeated the Las Vegas Golden Knights by the score of 3-2 in overtime. Las Vegas leads that best-of-seven series two games to one. Game four is Saturday night in South Florida with face-off at 7 o'clock. And tonight it's game four of the National Basketball Association finals. The Denver Nuggets at the Miami Heat. And they'll tip off at 7.30 tonight in Miami, Florida. The game will be televised on ABC. Denver leads that best of seven series two games to one. And with your Friday morning sports update on the Catholic Morning Show, I'm Mark Amadeo. Thank you, Mark. And finally, today's fun fact. On this day in 1906, the Boston Bean Eaters of the National League as the forerunner to the MLB end their 19-game losing streak by beating the Cards 6-3. to Now, that's not really the fun fact itself. It's just an occasion to talk about where this name, the Bean Eaters, came from. Yes. 
So the new nickname at that time came about. Eight beans is where it came from. Came due to an old English term used by farmers, bean eater. This phrase referred to someone who ate beans instead of meat because it was cheaper and more available during those times. Thus, many people would refer affectionately or not so affectionately to call these individuals as bean eaters or beaneers for short. Hmm. It is believed that either fans or members within the organization itself started referring to their team by this humorous title, which eventually (laughs) stuck over time. So bean counters don't like money. So they just count beans. The Atlanta accountants? Yeah. That's probably what would have happened, yeah. Because if, yeah. If, uh, <laughs> that team ended up you know, going from Boston to Milwaukee and then from Milwaukee to Atlanta. So they became the Brewers and then the Braves? Well, they became the Milwaukee, <laughs> Milwaukee Braves and yeah. then the Milwaukee Braves became the Atlanta Braves. Hmm. So when you're watching the Atlanta Braves, you're really watching the original Boston Bean Eaters. Well, I think we should have a cheer for that or something. Yeah. Go eat some beans. It's, well, fri- it's a Friday and we're Catholic. You know, true. true. <laughs> and it's Friday. And it's, so therefore the weather is going to be fabulous because that's that's what we do on Friday is fabulous weather. Jimmy? It's not full of beans, I can tell you that. Mm, okay. <laughs> okay. What do you Maybe some chili. Oh, okay. <laughs> Could be mostly sunny Ooh. today. A high in the low 80s tonight. Chance of showers and thunderstorms. Partly cloudy. That over at low and uh, the low 60s. And then uh, looks like more rain through the weekend as we uh, start things off tomorrow with uh, showers and thunderstorms. Mostly cloudy. A high in the upper 70s. And Sunday, showers and thunderstorms. Partly sunny, breezy, and a high in the low 70s. 57 now at the Iowa Catholic Radio Studios, 59 in Creston, 56 in Oskaloosa, 56 in Fairfield, and 55 in Marshalltown. And support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from construction professionals, a family business built on a strong foundation to create new and remodeled homes, cpcustomhomes.com. That is your Bean Eater forecast on Iowa Catholic Radio. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, let's go to uh, Father Andrew Winchettle with today's gospel. Father, it's the not today's gospel, Sunday's gospel. It's the feast of Corpus Christi. That's right. Uh, yeah, there's there's so much uh, to this. Uh, mm-hmm. You could go all day. Uh, uh, highlight here, however, uh, Jesus says, said to them, "Amen, amen. I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you do not have life within you." Um, and whenever Jesus, uh, not to. Um, uh, not to devalue, uh, if you will, everything else that Jesus says, but whenever uh, he he uses that double amen, you know, something mm-hmm. very important is about to come or to follow. Uh, and so there it is. Uh, he's not fooling around. Um, this isn't a, a, a figurative speech. And, and, and if people even thought that that was the case, uh, they wouldn't have left. Right. That's um, the thing that I, I think people just don't get. It's like, if he was just talking symbolically, why would his followers who have been with him for a long time have seen many miracles up and leave? They wouldn't right. have. And what we don't hear today, but what, but what follows shortly after this is, is Jesus asks uh, his closest disciples, mm-hmm. are you going to leave too? And, and Peter, um, despite all his faults, says one of the most powerful things uh, is is Lord? Do you have the word? You have the word of life. Uh, yeah. uh, Where would we go? We have, exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and so, indeed, we have um, for for those of us who um, trust our our Lord at His word mm-hmm. uh, that that 
what appears to be a, a piece, small piece of bread, and then drops of wine. Uh, that that is his body and blood. Uh, where indeed else can we go after we have that kind of uh, experience, uh, that encounter with him through the Blessed Sacrament? Well, you know, people are always talking about having this personal relationship with Jesus, and I'm like, there's the the three word phrase, you know, I in Him. You know, mm-hmm. he is in us at that moment of communion. How much more personal relationship can you get when you really embrace the fact that Jesus is in you when you have received right. communion? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But we we uh, and what comes with that, though, the, the, that as, as is so often the case, uh, the, this great privilege that we have as as Catholics, as Christians, to have that kind of encounter, that kind of personal, as you said, experience uh, or relationship with him, uh, that then then after we consume that Eucharist, after we consume his body and blood, and we go past those doors on Sunday morning, what are we doing then to help others? Mm-hmm. Um, people, So many people who still don't know him, and some who know him a little bit, but as like the rest of us could stand to know him even better, what are we doing? To, to help them do that. Well, and to remember that you are carrying Jesus in your very self. And so when you leave church, it's like you don't criticize the homily. You don't criticize the choir. You just shut up for a minute, you know, <laughs> just let it go, you know, and, and embrace it, that you have Jesus in you and you want to you want to be as close to Jesus as you possibly can. Very well said. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. Father Andrew, thank you as always. When you're here in person, it means it's Friday. So thank you for being with us and and a blessed feast of the Corpus Christi. Okay. Thank you. God bless. Your Iowa Catholic Radio time is 714. The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Would you like to highlight a birthday, anniversary, or other special occasion? You can do that by underwriting a day of broadcasting on Iowa Catholic Radio. For a monthly gift of $300 or more, your message will be heard on the Iowa Catholic Radio Network throughout the day of your choosing. It's the perfect way to honor your memories and milestones while supporting your favorite radio station. Dates go quickly, so reserve yours now. Call 515-223-1150 or email deaconmark at iowacatholicradio.com. Help connect listeners to Christ. Tell a friend about Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. Support for programming comes from M Squared Spa in West Des Moines. Catholic-owned and operated, Mary McDermott offers massage therapy and aesthetic services to help people achieve whole body wellness. Learn more at msquaredspa.com. msquaredspa.com. Join Iowa Catholic Radio and Pulse Life Advocates on the West Steps outside of the Iowa State Capitol on Saturday, June 24th at 1 p.m. for the Iowa March for Life. Hear from legislators and pro-life leaders, as well as a march around the Capitol and Supreme Court buildings with pro-life advocates from across the state. This is an opportunity to proclaim the value of all human life and advocate for the protection of life in our law. Learn more at iowacatholicradio.com. The Iowa March for Life, Saturday, June 24th, 1 p.m. at the Iowa State Capitol. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by CTO. Your support has helped thousands of students attend our Catholic schools. CTOIowa.org. At CTO, the bottom line, it's for the kids and their future.
Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Farm Bureau agent Cindy Schulte, an authorized independent agent for Walmart Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Iowa, an independent licensee of the Blue Cross Blue Shield Association. Learn more at 515-226-2111 or cindyschulte.com. Iowa Catholic Radio would like to thank our business partner, Edible Arrangements, for their support, offering fruit bouquets and gourmet dip chocolate treats. On the go or have it delivered for that special occasion, ediblearrangements.com. Listen to Iowa Catholic Radio anywhere. Download the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Divine Treasures, a Catholic book and gift store serving the Des Moines community since 1992. Divine Treasures, 5701 Hickman Road, Des Moines, 515-255-5230. Thank you, Divine Treasures, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Good morning, everyone. I'm Jean Till, along with my good friend, Deacon Mark Campbell. Did you know you were my good friend? Uh... I've sensed it and I okay. felt it, but it felt good to hear it. Okay. Yes. Okay. It's, uh, uh, feelings are mutual. Oh, well, thank you. All right. We've got to break up this love fest because <laughs> we've got, uh, uh, we've got a great guest here coming up, uh, for our, our next segment. Father Basil Nortz, Father, welcome. And thank you for joining us here on Iowa Catholic Radio. Thank you very much for having me. Well, I, uh, I have a question before we get into holy silence. So, um, educate me, if you would, a little bit on the order of the canons regular of the Holy Cross. Yeah, so our community was founded in Portugal in Coimbra in the year 1134. It was just a monastery originally. It was at the time when Portugal was first separating itself from Spain. So the first king of Portugal was a member, a third order member of our original community, is actually buried in our church there in Coimbra. Mm. And so our order was founded for the sake of helping sanctify the clergy. They recognized that there was a problem with priestly formation at the time, but also it helped in the, re- the reformation, of the, the re-evangelization of Portugal, because this was the time when Portugal was being liberated from the Muslims. And so it remained a, an exclusively Portuguese order for all the centuries of, exi- of his existence until the 19th century when Portugal became anti-Catholic mm-hmm. and expulsed all religious communities from Portugal. And so the order died out. The last member of the original order died in the beginning of the 20th century. St. Jo- I mean, jo- Joaquin of the Good Death was his name. But then in 1949, there began a spiritual movement in Austria called the Work of the Holy Angels. And members of that movement were interested in beginning their own religious community. And they found this old order and with a spirituality that perfectly coincided with the spirituality of the Work of the Holy Angels. So they went to Rome. And in 1979, by decree of St. John Paul II, the old order was restored reviving the spirituality of the original order, but also adding to that order the spirituality of the work of the angels, a a collaboration with the holy angels. I I love finding out about these orders because there are so many different ones with different charisms. And um, when someone is discerning religious life, they really have an opportunity to, to find what may match, what they think may match their charisms to the order's charisms. And so thank you for, for sharing that. Now, today we're talking about, about holy silence, and, and you have a book out through Sophia Institute. 
And, um, you know, some may say I need to read this book cover to cover very quickly because I'm rarely silent, Father. I have to admit that. But um, let's share with us your inspiration for writing this um, this book on holy silence. Well, when I first joined my religious community, I actually there was no house for the order in the United States, so I joined in Fatima, Portugal, was where I. And when I was there in formation, somebody gave me a, a sheet of a sheet of paper with a list of twelve types of silence. This list was formulated by a Carmelite nun, Sister Marie Amy de Jesus, a, a French Carmelite nun, and. I was very much attracted to this list. I I found it was very, very helpful for my own examination of conscience. So I I kept that list for all the years of my formation. I kept coming back to that list. And then when I was ordained priest in 1995, I was asked to give a retreat to a group of Third Order Carmelites. And I remembered that list, and I thought, well, I'll just give a conference on these 12 types of silence. And so I gave three conferences on this, and it was very well received. So I, as I through the years, I've given many retreats in, in the United States and, and Italy and Portugal and and Brazil, mm-hmm. and given these these same conferences over and over again, each time developing them, and that led to eventually this idea of writing a book about the subject. Well, this, um, uh, you know, we hear a lot about, you know, obviously we live in a noisy world and there's a fear of silence and, 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 but what I found uh, interesting here is, is you actually point out that there are types of unholy silence. And I, I'm, I'm curious of where that, uh, what would I sh- what we should be on guard against as we uh, seek silence in, in our lives. Well, if we consider the most basic form of silence is with regard to our use of our speech, the great dignity that we have to be able to communicate through the word, the word that can be effective in edifying other people or in tearing other people down with criticism. So it's a question of power of the speech to bless or to curse is very real thing. But so one thing is the proper use of our speech for the praise of God, for the pro- proclamation of the faith, and so on. But an unholy silence of this type of silence with regard to speech would be, for instance, the silence of a shepherd of souls, a, a priest or a bishop who is obliged to speak out boldly and proclaim the gospel. So if he sees a situation where the faithful are not following the gospel, it would be an unholy silence for him to neglect his duty. So that's one example. Mm-hmm. Or on a more common level is our relationship within the family. So somebody offends me, and so I give him the silent treatment. So I, I'd rather than seeking That's not a good to... thing, Father? <laughs> <laughs> well, depends. I mean, there's, I mean, obviously, the church has always recommend, recognized the validi- validity of an excommunication in certain situations to cut off communications with somebody who's dangerous, who can damage the faith. But to punish someone by simply cutting off communication, because the only way of communion is by seeking to maintain 
the, the, the possibility of, of reconciliation to right. speak with a person. So that's, that would be an unholy silence. So how can we direct our, our emotions uh, to foster silence of the heart? You know, a good, holy, authentic silence. Yes, that's a very good question. The, this is one of the great challenges. I mean, as far as the emotional silence in our, the daily, the, 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 what, one of the things that is in the modern world is the availability of music. Music is an art form which imitates and arouses our emotions. And so beautiful, good music can help calm our emotions or it can cause, mm-hmm. excite our emotions, mm-hmm. cause rebellious emotions, can cause disordered emotions. So that's one example of being very careful. It's not, but even with regard to good music, if I, Gregorian chant is very holy music, but to be listening to it constantly would be a disorder because we need to really listen to the silence, to be really silent. Gregorian chant, for instance, can help us arrive at a greater interior tranquility, but eventually you have to be able to turn it off and just be silent with God. Listen to the silence. That's a great challenge. You know, Father, one of the things that I find challenging is that, you know, you talked about, you know, the religious, the priests need and bishops need to speak up when there's something that's there's an injustice, but you know, it's not my place and I see something or even in society. And you know, how do I respond when I see injustice in the world and I, I, I want to do something, but what do I do? How do I respond to that? That's a very good question because I mean, there's also um, a futile noise in our hearts when we're, for instance, where we're watching the news and we begin mm-hmm. to scream at the television as though, <laughs> as though it's going to help somebody by shouting out against this injustice or that problem in the world. Again, it's the question of a silence that comes through trust. The anxieties of our hearts that come through seeing the problems that exist in the world. If we see we can do something, if we see that we are in the place to speak out, then we should speak out. But if we're not, we should be able to hand these over to God in prayer and adoration and so that we can quiet the anxieties of our heart through us, uh, complete trust in God's living providence. You know, I think in particular of the debacle with the Dodgers that are coming up and recognizing these sisters of perpetual indulgence that are mocking women religious and, and, you know, they're, they're going to have a procession at uh, the Catholic people and those that are supportive of that, of, of, of not supportive of those, that act. Um, And it's like, well, what can I do in Iowa? You know, but you just answer. It's like prayer, take, go to adoration, lift up, you know, that situation so that it can be resolved a peacefully but that they, those folks can come to know that you don't denigrate anyone, no matter what. There's no point. So thank you. Thank yeah, the you, book Father. is Holy Silence mm-hmm. um, with, uh, by Father Basil Nortz. Uh, it can be found through Sophia Institute. Uh, Father, thank you so much for your vocation, for writing this book and joining us today. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. 
Let's go to Father Andrew Winchell with today's Gospel and Reflection. June 9, Friday of the ninth week in Ordinary Time, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. As Jesus was teaching in the temple area, he said, How do the scribes claim that the Christ is the Son of David? David himself, inspired by the Holy Spirit, said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I place your enemies under your feet. David calls him Lord, so how is he his son? The great crowd heard this with delight. The Gospel of the Lord The popular expectation of people in Jesus' time was that the Christ would be a great warrior king in the lineage of Israel's King David, so they are delighted to hear Jesus say this. Have you ever said and or done anything profound that later made you wonder what was the inspiration behind it? The inspiration does not come merely from human agency. It has its origin, like in David's situation, in the Holy Spirit, which we receive at baptism and confirmation. Iowa Catholic Radio would like to thank our business partner, Gold Dome Buildings. Gold Dome is locally owned and operated, serving Des Moines and surrounding areas since 1992. Builders of garages, farm buildings, customized backyard sheds, and playhouses. GoldDomeIowa.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Deary of Ames, home of warranty forever, offering new, used, and commercial vehicles as well as service and Mopar parts. Deary of Ames is located just off of Highway 30 at the Dayton Avenue exit and online at DearyAmes.com. Would you like to get more involved as a volunteer? Intervisions Healthcare empowers at-risk women facing an unplanned pregnancy to make life-affirming decisions. But our nursing staff can't do it alone. Our unplanned pregnancy clinic seeks dedicated advocates, receptionists, and nursing volunteers to meet the needs of hundreds of at-risk patients we see each year. If you are a people person who wants to help moms with unplanned pregnancies, contact us today at 515-440-2273 or visit IVHcare.org. From Redfield to Elkhart and everywhere at iowacatholicradio.com or the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Listener-supported Iowa Catholic Radio, connecting listeners to Christ. The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Well, good morning, everyone. It's Friday, June 9th, and this is Gene Till. And I am Deacon Mark Campbell. And welcome to the Catholic Morning Show. We're broadcasting from the Iowa Catholic Radio Network studios. No matter where you are listening, whether it's on the radio, what, or through our website or on the app, so many ways now to listen. And we are grateful that you are joining us. We're definitely grateful for our uh, affiliate stations in Fairfield and Mm -hmm. Oskaloosa and Marshalltown as uh, well as our listeners down in Creston as we mm-hmm. continue our uh, our, our uh, expansion efforts here at Iowa Catholic Radio to reach all people everywhere in the state of Iowa with the Word of God. So, I mean, that's the thing. You know, it's not like, oh, we want to grow to be the number one Catholic radio station. In blah, 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 blah. No, it's about connecting listeners with Christ. And mm-hmm. there is definitely a hunger for what God is telling us. And, and we're blessed to be able to share that. Hey, on, coming up on today's show here at about 745, we have Jackson, Jackson Heidish. She's a recent graduate of Dowling Catholic and just ran a under four-minute mile. Holy shamoli. But we're going to talk about faith with him and some upcoming races and maybe where he's going to go to college and all that kind of good stuff. So very much looking forward to that. And of course, Matt and Mark and, and Jimmy and Deacon Tony, it's time to pray. 
God our Father, we offer you our day. We offer you all our thoughts, words, joys, and sufferings in union with the heart of Jesus. Holy Spirit, be our guide and strength today so that we may witness to your love. Mary, Mother of Jesus and the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, her most chaste spouse, protect us. Amen. Amen. Let's check in with Matt. Welcome and news. Thank you, Gene. News brought to you this morning by the St. Sarah Club of Des Moines and the Sarah Club of Council Bluffs. Sarah is an apostolate of the worldwide Catholic Church dedicated to fostering and supporting priesthood and religious vocations. Learn more at joinsarah.org. Good morning. I'm Matt Wilkham. Former U.S. President Donald Trump faces a new legal challenge, this time from the government he used to lead, with charges for illegally retaining classified documents and other crimes expected to be filed next week in federal court in Miami. The indictment of a former U.S. president on federal charges is unprecedented in American history, a case made more extraordinary by the fact that Trump is also the frontrunner of his party for the Republican presidential nomination next year. After announcing Thursday that he had been indicted, Trump wrote on his Truth Social platform, quote, I am an innocent man. Pope Francis spent the day after undergoing abdominal surgery resting. Vatican Press Office spokesman Matteo Bruni said in a statement Thursday, medical staff caring for the Pope shared that he is showing stable respiratory and blood flow parameters and his post-operative course is regular. He ate and drank nothing except water. The pontiff was able, however, to receive the Eucharist in the afternoon, making the marking the solemnity of Corpus Christi. Although the Big Ten continues to evolve with its new additions arriving next season, the rivalries most associated with Iowa football aren't going anywhere. The Hawkeyes will max out their three protected annual opponents with Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Nebraska. Although Iowa will continue playing for the Heartland Trophy, Floyd of Rosedale, and the Heroes Trophy, it won't take long for the Hawkeyes to encounter their newest Big Ten foes. Both UCLA and USC are on Iowa's 2024 schedule, with the Bruins coming to Kinnick Stadium and the Hawkeyes visiting the L.A. Coliseum. There are no divisions with the new Flex Protect Plus scheduling model, and the two teams in the overall standings will meet, uh, the, the top two teams, rather, in the overall standings will meet in the Big Ten title game starting in 2024. And now for your scoreboard update with Mark Amadeo. In sports on your Friday morning, yesterday's Major League Baseball scoreboard, some of the Midwest teams that were in action on Thursday, the Kansas City Royals and the St. Louis Cardinals both had the day off. In interleague play, the Los Angeles Angels defeated the Chicago Cubs by the score of 3-1 to in the late game last night out in Anaheim, California. And in Milwaukee, the Baltimore Orioles defeated the Milwaukee Brewers by the score of 6-3. to In the American League, the Chicago White Sox playing a doubleheader at the New York Yankees. In Game 1, the White Sox beat the Yankees 6-5. to And in the nightcap, the Yankees shut out the White Sox by the score of 3-0. And in Tampa, Florida, the Tampa Bay Rays defeated the Minnesota Twins by the score of 4-2 in the battle of first-place teams in the American League. Last night, AAA baseball, the Iowa Cubs involved with a doubleheader. In game one, the Iowa Cubs defeated the St. Paul Saints 13-3. And in the nightcap, the St. Paul Saints defeated the Iowa Cubs 7-6 in eight innings in St. Paul, Minnesota. Tonight, the Iowa Cubs at the St. Paul Saints. First pitch, 7 o'clock in St. Paul, Minnesota. Last night, it was game three of the National Hockey League Stanley Cup Finals. 
And the Florida Panthers defeated the Las Vegas Golden Knights by the score of 3-2 to two in overtime. Las Vegas leads that best-of-seven series two games to one. Game four is Saturday night in South Florida with face-off at 7 o'clock. And tonight it's game four of the National Basketball Association finals. The Denver Nuggets at the Miami Heat. And they'll tip off at 7.30 tonight in Miami, Florida. The game will be televised on ABC. Denver leads that best-of-seven series two games to one. And with your Friday morning sports update on the Catholic Morning Show, I'm Mark Amadeo. Thank you, Mark. And finally, today's fun facts. We mentioned Floyd of Rosedale yes. a few seconds ago. I always love saying that, actually. Uh, Rosedale. Pigs can play video games. Did you know that? What? A study from Purdue University found that pigs can use a digital screen and joystick operated by their snout to move a cursor around for rewards. <laughs> pigs, I also what? discovered that pigs are actually smarter than dogs on the IQ okay, scale. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my yeah. goodness. We have to go right to the weather. I, I, was have, say that, that, I uh, have nothing uh, on yeah, that one. Put, puts us on the funny farm. Yeah. Right? I'm mostly sunny today. I'm hungry for bacon right now. Uh, in the low 80s, it is breakfast. Uh, then tonight, a chance showers and thunderstorms as we uh, start kick off the weekend. Partly cloudy overnight, low in the uh, low 60s. Showers and thunderstorms tomorrow, mostly cloudy, high in the upper 70s. And then Sunday, showers and thunderstorms, partly sunny, breezy, and a high in the low 70s. It is 57 now at the Iowa Catholic Radio Studios. 59 at Creston, 56 in Oskaloosa, 56 in Fairfield, and 55 in Marshalltown. And support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from construction professionals, a family business built on a, a strong foundation to create new and remodel homes, cpcustomhomes.com. That is your yeah. weather. Let's go to our Pig Saint video of the Day. weather on <laughs> Iowa Catholic Radio. This is your Saint of the Day on Iowa Catholic Radio. Well, our saint today is often called the Harp of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's it's quite like a title. Harp of the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, that's... He's, he plays for the Holy Spirit. He, he plays for He's the Lord. He's inspired by the Holy Spirit. Inspired. Mm-hmm. And uh, today's saint is St. Ephraim. He was a 4th century Syrian deacon. So I'm uh, deacon? Imme- immediately a fan. Yeah. Uh, he was encouraged to become a priest, but Ephraim declined. And at one point pretended to be crazy to, be, avoid, uh, to avoid being named a bishop. Well... For all of those out there that have a fear of being named a bishop, here's the strategy, I guess. He needed to, uh, he probably should have sought a spiritual director on that one, but apparently it worked. He he was a man of limited education, but he was known for having deep spiritual insights. Mm -hmm. He took on the challenge of confronting heresies of his day, most commonly by taking the liturgical music of the heretics and composing beautiful hymns that conformed with orthodox teaching. That's... That's brilliant. He was instrumental mm-hmm. in bringing, play on words there, instrumental in bringing music into the public worship of the church. In writing about the mysteries of humanity's redemption, Ephraim reveals in a real, realistic and humanly sympathetic spirit and a great devotion to the humanity of Jesus. It is said that his poetic account of the last judgment was inspired, or is what inspired Dante. He died in 373 A.D. and has been since named a doctor of the church. We ask today St. Ephraim to pray pray for for us. us. Hey, uh, speaking of Friday, and it's the 9th, there's a a big event this noon. Yes. Man Up West Power Lunch. 
at uh, is it St. Francis in West Des Moines? Father Daniel from uh, St. Francis. Uh, soon to be St. Pius. Soon to be St. Pius will be our speaker. Lunch mm-hmm. provided by Chick-fil-A. As we mentioned earlier, there's ordination mass tonight for yes. um, a transitional deacon. And in a couple of weeks, Louis we have Luis Cabrera. Yes. Cabrera. We have mm-hmm. a, uh, a priestly ordination. For too. Jason Lee. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, details for those events mm-hmm. can be found at the uh, diocese website. Mm-hmm. Um, those are open to the public. And I think just wonderful uh, ways to uh, not only experience a, a beautiful mass, beautiful ordination, but to show support to our um, to our priests and also our seminarians who are still in that discernment stage mm-hmm. and going through uh, formation to be, to become priests. And many of them will, uh, will, will be in attendance. At, at these well, events. many of them will be um, in the role of Alkalite Al- Al- yep. um, and others will be there. The, the ones that are still in college mm-hmm. will be there. Uh, it, it is, everyone should go to at least one ordination yep. in their lifetime. I've been to one. I, Huh. Hopefully more than one. <laughs> I have. You were at yours. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's uh, funny though. It's kind of like a wedding day in mm-hmm. that, 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 you know, it's um, for the participant, right? There's certain elements that you remember, but it's, it, it's such a, uh, such an experience that it's hard to mm-hmm. recall all the details. So uh, that's why it's important for even those who've been ordained to go back, to be reminded. And it's why we, we go to weddings and we're reminded of those vows that we take. So what is, was your favorite memory of your ordination? Um, you know, I think being vested. I, I mean, there is uh, obviously there, there's the, uh, the the handing of the book of the Gospels and, um, you know, the, the, the laying prostrate on the floor mm-hmm. and, and during, the, uh, during the litany of saints. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was vested by a, one of the people who inspired me to become a deacon, uh, Deacon Joel Schmidt. And so oh. uh, when he when he vested me, I think... Uh, you know, that was near, obviously it's, it's, uh, it was just a moment mm-hmm. that, you know, again, I, I'm very grateful for his inspiration, mm-hmm. his faithfulness. And, um, yeah, I think that's, that, that's one of the many takeaways. Mm-hmm. The other one would be that our 14 year old son did the first reading and, uh, and, and very cool. It was very cool. Like that was, that was a moment where you could see him becoming a young man. It was in that. that so moment. because our deacons are married yes, for the most part. What role did Maria have in the ordination itself? Uh, Praying for you? Yeah, <laughs> like, she brought the vestments forward. The, the wives bring the vestments forward, okay. which is which is also a very beautiful moment because mm-hmm. um, there's a lot going on there. Uh, you know, especially in the uh, through the entire formation process, the wives you know have to be uh, on board with with the deacon's call right? with mm-hmm. with their husband's call. You know, and and. In, um, there's a sense of, of the wife bringing those vestments forward, you know, to be placed upon her husband where, um, it's a change. I mean, that's a very visible change. She's making a sacrifice without a doubt because she knows that now her husband is going to be in service to the church along with Mm -hmm. uh, in service to the family. Um, but, but it's sort of her blessing her, her way of saying, I, I, I ordain this. I, Mm -hmm. I give permission to this. Mm -hmm. So that's also a beautiful moment. And, and I, I, hadn't thought of that, but you brought that up, and that gives me goosebumps thinking about that. <laughs> Wonderful prayer for support. My wife is, and all the wives are, to their husbands who, who serve the church as, as permanent deacons. Let's take a break. Your Iowa Catholic Radio time is 743. You're listening to the Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Happy Friday. It's June 9th. Here's your news from the Diocese of Des Moines. I'm Anne Marie Cox. We're celebrating an ordination tonight. Luis Cabrera will be ordained a transitional deacon today at 5 o'clock at Christ the King Church. This is the last major step before one becomes a priest. Congratulations to the soon-to-be deacon Luis Cabrera. 
Stay tuned to Iowa Catholic Radio this morning. Bishop William Johnson will visit with Winterset artist Christine Hilbert during his show that begins at 9 o'clock. Don't worry if you can't make it. Go to Iowa Catholic Radio's app and listen to the show as a podcast on your phone. The application process is open for Iowa students who may be eligible for an education savings account. It helps fund an education at non-public schools. Go to iowaace.org for an explanation of the eligibility requirements and other details. That's iowaace.org. Here's your news from the Diocese of Des Moines. I'm Anne-Marie Cox. Iowa Catholic Radio would like to thank our business partner, Edible Arrangements, for their support, offering fruit bouquets and gourmet dip chocolate treats. On the go or have it delivered for that special occasion, ediblearrangements.com. Support for programming comes from Dr. Vince Hassel, a board-certified chiropractic physician offering patients all-natural doctor-supervised weight loss programs, lifestyle modification, and pain relief to achieve optimal health and wellness. Learn more at weightlossindemoine.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Intervisions Healthcare, empowering men and women to make the most informed, life-affirming decisions for themselves and their families. Learn more at IVHcare.org, IVHcare.org. Thank you, Intervisions Healthcare, for supporting Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Dr. David Ball from Des Moines Eye Surgeons, your total eye care specialist specializing in cataracts and glaucoma care. Des Moines Eye Surgeons, 515-255-3546, dmisurgeons.com. Cresta in the afternoon. With me right now is George Weigel. Ratzinger had the mind of 12 professors and the simple piety of a child making their first Holy Communion. That's a very powerful combination, and the two obviously influenced each other. At the center of that was this profound sense that it is the person of Jesus Christ, and through meeting him, we come to the church. Cresta in the afternoon, weekdays on Iowa Catholic Radio. Iowa Catholic Radio, connecting listeners to Christ every day with people like you. Hi, this is Joe Herity from Sacred Heart in West Des Moines. Thank you for listening to Iowa Catholic Radio. The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Good morning and welcome everyone to the Catholic Morning Show. This is Gene Till along with Deacon Mark Campbell. And we are broadcasting from the Iowa Catholic Radio Network studios here in West Des Moines. And thank you for joining us today. And joining us also is Jackson Heidish. Jackson, welcome. Hello. Oh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Well, can I, I'm going to have to refer to you to Mr. As Mr. Heidish, if that's okay, because anybody, (laughs) anybody who uh, has accomplished what you have has my utmost respect. Thank you. I appreciate that. Jackson works perfect too, though. I love I love the Mr. Hydes so. though. <laughs> well, I'm a grandma, so you're going to be Jackson to me. <laughs> See how that works. That works too. Yeah. Running under four minutes. I remember. Okay, this is how old I am. I remember the first human being that ran a, a, a sub four minute mile, and it was like, how is that even possible? I can't even walk a four minute block. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Roger for Roger Bannister back in uh, England, I think the 1950s or 1960s. Yeah, um, was the first 60s. Come it. on, I'm not that old. Yeah, 60s, 60s. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, now, now, and and when you ran most recently that that subpar four minute mile, you weren't even the number one guy. You came in fourth. I mean, that's amazing that there are that many uh, prep guys, kiddos, yeah. little kiddos. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a grandma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. wow. I mean, so there's, you have goals now, right? 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's awesome to have this like kind of community all across the nation, Iowa especially, but especially like all across the nation. Um, yeah, I think I said in another interview, like I I, I broke four minutes and I was the twentieth ever high school to do it first Iowa high school I'd ever do it, and I got fourth in the race, which just shows the depth that high school running has right now. Right. Um, and for me, like a biased runner, it's just so cool to see and be a part of the community. I, uh, it's just it's, it means a lot to me to even just be a part of history. So mm-hmm. I have a lot of respect for those guys. So, so that's yeah. one of the cool things about track is that it really does um, create a community. Like you, you know, there there's the uh, there's obviously the rivals and competition, yeah. mm-hmm. but there's such a, a respect for one another and, and what uh, you're all trying to accomplish, and that is to, to finish first. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, you have another race coming up next. Uh, is it next week? Yeah, next Wednesday out in Seattle. I'll be running Brooks. The um, running shoe company holds another high school national meet. Uh, so I'll actually be racing another mile out there, trying to even see if I can dip a couple of seconds under my PR and go like maybe 357, 358. That uh, that's, would be uh, awesome. So. Yeah. That, that's an ambitious goal. Yeah. It's because it's, it's you've already yeah. you've already trimmed quite a bit of time off of your uh, uh, <laughs> your 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 best time from last year, if I if I remember correctly, right? Yes, yeah, I ran four oh six last year, so I've already PR'd by about seven seconds, yeah. um, which is a lot in a mile. So mm-hmm. yes, I'm excited is. to see if I can chip away a couple more seconds. So yeah. what <laughs> what's the strategy, Jackson? I mean, is it getting out of the starting blocks quicker? Is it are there even starting blocks in the mile? I don't even know. But, you know, what are those strategies where you can say, oh, there's a half a second there and a half a second there, and all of a sudden you're three more seconds quicker? Yeah, so so about half of it comes from the training piece because um, usually, like, everything that leads up to the race is actually the most important part. Like we make a joke in practice that like usually racing is actually the easiest part. The hardest part is the training and getting up every morning or whether uh, it's during the school year, you have to sit through seven hours of school and then go to practice after that. And usually, honestly, that's the hardest part. That's where all the work's put in. That's where all the training's put in. Um, And I'm lucky enough to have great teammates to train with, but that's the half of it, honestly, getting up every day, showing up to practice, putting in the work and being prepared for practice, whether that means eating good or sleeping good or um, that kind of stuff. And then the other half um, for me, especially is the competition when you have three other guys running sub four it helps a lot to kind of push yourself Mm -hmm. Uh, when you race that national competition it just kind of helps you we use the phrase go to the well um, which just means real hurt a lot Um, so it kind of helps to go to the well um, when you have guys like that pushing you um, and especially in practice my teammates push me every day well I know that's that's kind of yeah. I'm sorry. I was going to say, well, one of the one of the things that I know that you, you had mentioned that uh, you know in achieving this PR uh, a, a week or so ago, or a week and a half ago, you know, was the conditions, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah. you know, it, it, obviously, you love to run, just your your enthusiasm in, in talking about this. But um, there are days probably where you're a little sore and don't feel like getting up. But yeah. so you, there is yeah. adversity that you encounter, whether it's the weather conditions, the track conditions, you know, how you're feeling that mm-hmm. day. How, how do you handle adversity? Yeah, it's hard. And the hardest part about me is that I've lived in Iowa for 18 years, and I think my dad has lived here even longer. And he'll he'll tell you the hardest thing about trying to run is the winters here in Iowa. I mean, it's mm. brutal. Like after school, you go out and it's it's a blizzard, it's a snowstorm, it's negative 20, and you got to bring like two pairs of clothes, two pairs of gloves, a hat, just to go out and run five or six miles. Or if there's like three inches of snow and you got to run through that, or even find somewhere to run or get on the treadmill, which if you ask most runners, absolutely hate the treadmill. Um, so yeah, for me, the adversity comes through honestly is having such such great teammates and guys to train with Um, because it's hard to kind of do it by yourself but when you have you get three or four or even ten other guys to hey like let's get out here let's just go for this run we'll we'll do it together and that kind of suffer together mentality um, is really what helps you push through Um, the winners especially uh, for me are just the roughest trying to get out those well um, you know I would think running through snow would also be visions of uh, Rocky Ford Jackson's probably too young for that you know you know Rocky you know going through the the waist high snow uh, when he was training in Russia yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah. I, I would think that would be such a, a good um, tool to run through yeah. muck and slush and snow mm-hmm. and, you know, because it, it's a different kind of balance on your feet. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. it's got to help. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, that's yeah. what you got to tell yourself, right? This is helping me. <laughs> yeah, it's helping exactly. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that physical part and then especially the mental part, it's like that kind of Midwest tough mentality because – um, those suckers down in Florida don't have to deal with uh, the snow and stuff, so we kind of poke fun. At least most of my national friends uh, don't have to deal with snow and all the cold weather. I poke fun at them. That or them, things, but right. yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so Jackson, you graduated from Dowling this year. What's what's next for you? Yeah, so I'll actually be heading to Duke um, down in North Carolina um, this fall to run cross country and track, and I'll be there for four years or maybe five. We'll see. We'll see what mm-hmm. life has in store for me. But I'm getting really excited for that too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So what are your plans in, in to major and all of that kind of good stuff? Yeah, so I've always been a math kid, so I'll probably major in math and then minor in maybe finance or economics and see if I can smush the two together and maybe do, be an actuary or do kind of like data science stuff, something along those lines. I'm not mm-hmm. too sure yet, but mm-hmm. something with that. So, yeah. Well, let's, let's switch gears, Jackson. You know, you went to Dowling. Um, how does your Catholic faith play into everything that you do, your sports and your academics? And, you know, tell us mm-hmm. about your faith journey during all of this. Yeah, it's it's awesome for me. I think that's one of the things that sets Dowling, for us, Dowling Catholic is such a, like, tradition-rich school. And I think part of that, or most of that, is honestly rooted in our faith and the community of faith. And um, there's nowhere else, like, in the world that I've seen um, that has the community faith that Dallin Catholic has. And not just the cross-country team. We're um, all faithful. And um, one of my favorite things we do for the cross-country and track team is um, we be pr- pray before every big race, give our race up to God. And um, our, our coach leads practice a lot of time with prayer, which is awesome. And I love that part of our cross-country team. Um, but just the, the faith opportunities and the, the opportunities that you have to grow in your faith at Dallin are, like, unlike anywhere else. There's ma- daily mass in the morning and um, like afternoon, every single day. Adoration is uh, like once a month, open all the time. Um, we have reconciliation open all the time um, with one of our priests. And we have uh, monthly mass with each other. So it's just, for me, I feel like I've really, really grown in my faith through Dowling. And part of that has been my own journey. But part of that has also been able to just have this strong community like with me and um, just have these um, priests and even teachers that just want you to grow in your faith. And it's not like they push it on you, but they um, they encourage it, and it, it makes you want to grow in your faith more. And it, it's just such an awesome community, and that's one of the things Dallin Catholic does best. It just really helps you grow in your faith, and uh, I owe them a lot for that. So, yeah. and Mr. Heidish, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Can, uh, you know, continued success in your, uh, your track and, and cross-country career, uh, as well as your education at Duke. Thank you for being just a, 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 a friend of the show now. We've had you on a couple of times, uh, <laughs> yeah. and uh, hopefully it's not the last as, as we uh, continue <laughs> yeah. to chart your, your, your progress and your success. Yeah. Next time you'll Thank have to you. call him Sir Mr. Heidish, right? <laughs> yeah. Potentially. If he comes, if he comes yeah. a Knight of Columbus we'll, uh, in fourth degree, yeah. <laughs> we'll, call him, we'll call him Sir Jackson. Yeah. Uh, oh. Well, thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. This has been fun talking to you guys. I, always, I appreciate coming on and you guys asking me. So. Thank, thank you. you, Jackson. God bless. Yeah, of course. Uh, That's another show, folks. Thank you for joining us in another week here at Iowa Catholic Radio. Uh, We truly do appreciate your prayers and support. And and if you happen to be going to the Eucharistic Congress this weekend at Mankato, stop by our booth. We'll be there. And uh, always praying for you, as we do. Deacon Tony? Let us pray. And today we pray for welcoming welcoming back the priests who've been on Mm. retreat all week. Hopefully they've had some time to... uh, collect their thoughts and just take a deep breath. So welcome back. 
um, for the souls in purgatory, we pray for the intentions of all our listeners. And let us together pray the prayer of St. Michael. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our safeguard against the wickedness and the snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Mother Mary, pray Pray for for us. us. St. Joseph and St. Michael, protect protect us. us. And St. Ephraim, pray for us. us. And may the blessing of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit come down upon all of us. Protect us all and bring us all to his everlasting life. Amen. Amen. Well, stay tuned for uh, Teresa Tamio, Catholic Connection, and Bishop Johnson, making it personal with Bishop Johnson. We have a wonderful gal on from Winterset, Christine Hilbert. Uh, wonderful story as an artist and, and overcoming uh, the challenges of cancer. And she is now in remission. So you're going to hear all about her story. It is it's pretty wonderful. On behalf of Deacon Mark Campbell and Deacon Tony Valdez, this is Jean Till. Friends, be confident in Christ's mercy and his love. The Catholic Morning Show is a production of the Iowa Catholic Radio Network. To hear this and other programs, visit iowacatholicradio.com or download the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Here in this worn and weary land, Well, many a dream has died Like a tree planted by the